my nerves. But as I was like, everybody was like, how do you deal with him? Like, I would have jumped across that table. <laughs> that's good, though. That's, yeah, that's, that's good. Is. That's good to hear as we start no booking info. We're, we're live and recording. I guess I guess we have people out there who, who don't really jive with, with my perspective. Yeah, because sometimes they're a little extreme. Extreme. Or ridiculous. 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 Sometimes the stuff that you say is ridiculous. Is it? Uh, well, it is. Well, well, first, I am Phil, one half of the duo for, for No Booking Info. No Booking Info. It is Capricia. Pre. 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 Andretti. MMG Pre. Here we go with these nicknames. Y'all love, <laughs> y'all love nicknames in the streets. Right? Even though you're from Harrisburg, so it's not I mean, really any streets oh, out here there. here you go. I'm just saying. The toughest person from Harrisburg is Lashawn McCoy. What? I mean, listen, because he, he punched people leave in that club. That right where that's at. <laughs> no comment. I, I, no comment. Trust and believe. Harrisburg's not what people think it is. It's not Harrisburg's not to, sweet. Harrisburg's not sweet. Like, I don't know what people think it is. It's not sweet. It's not Lancaster. It's not Amish country. Like, <laughs> it's not Lancaster. It no, gets why real. <laughs> it gets real. Yeah. Well, Lancaster's not like that either. Like, Lancaster got a little bit of hood in it, too. I got family in Lancaster. Word. Shout out to Lancaster. Oh, okay. So you... <laughs> My mom went to McCaskey. Shout out to McCaskey. Okay. It's a high school. J.P. McCaskey. Yeah, but no this, this is Philadelphia. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but. Yeah. And? I was just, you know, it's probably people out there that listen to it. Ain't nobody in McCaskey. You don't know that. Now I hope if you if you go to JP McCaskey or you went to JP McCaskey, make sure you comment on the podcast this time and say I go to JP McCaskey. You know, stand up, rep, rep your rep your school. Rep, rep your school. <laughs> All right, that's that's cool. That's cool. So. Uh, we are here. No booking info. This is episode what? This is episode four. Yeah. Episode so at what four. point or what episode do we get to where it's like not, it's not you know, <laughs> conducive to say the episode anymore? We're gonna be like, <laughs> this is episode three hundred fifty-two. <laughs> no booking info. <laughs> I don't think that's ever gonna happen. You no, know, I th- you're no. gonna say every single episode. Yeah, I think we're gonna always keep track of of what's happening. Okay. You know, so it's whatever floats your boat, whatever makes whatever that can go quack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yeah. So this We're is no book. Yeah, exactly. What what is this hashtag? We need a hashtag for this episode. This is hashtag. I'll I'll come, we'll come up with one before the end of the before the end of the episode. You know what I mean? Well, money. I need I need cash. <laughs> Isn't that a response song? <laughs> Yeah, so this is why people be like, yo, y'all intros be sometimes, because you know what, because I don't know what be happening, you know, we just talk and then we just, yeah, we just, we just go with it, you know, we just go with it. So we're going to hop into what? We're going to hop into entertainment news. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Um, so the Dakota Pipeline got shut, well, not necessarily shut down, the, the language they used was very interesting. So I'm very interested to see like where it goes from here. Like they said that they halted, um, you know, the construction of it, and they're supposed to be rerouting it so it doesn't go through, you know, um, doesn't go through Dead Standing deep. Rock. Yeah. So we'll see what they do with that. I mean, I understand what the issue is. Like a lot of the infrastructure of the pipelines they already have are leaking and poisoning people already. So, like, get what you already have together before you're, you know, trying to 
expanded into some more territory. And I think I speak for 98% of the population who says, who cares? Now, I, and I don't, I and, and, and you know why? You know why? Because I, I, I think it's, and it's part of the, the issues with America. Uh, we don't support one another. So, and when I say support one another, I, you know, I'm speaking specifically to minorities. So I look at, you know, Standing Rock. I've seen a lot of it. Yeah, I see a lot of indigenous people. I've seen a lady who posted a video talking about, you know, they're poisoning us, they're gassing us. And that just because of me being a skeptic, I'm like, you had. You was able to do a selfie video, but you couldn't get the poison coming from the air and, and really? see it. I, I, it. Just show me the plane. Really? Just show me the plane. But this is, is that a, where we are, where people actually have to show yes, that they're being done yes, wrong for yes. us to believe it? <laughs> no. Why? Yes, it is weird. Why? And even when you, and we'll talk about that, even when you're seen being done wrong and getting shot, <laughs> warning shots in your back, you're still getting mistrials. There's still people saying, well, I don't think he's guilty. So, yeah. So, video evidence is important. Like, when you watch a Maury, when you watch a Maury, and it's the decoy. I never understand how anybody get caught by the decoy. I don't understand that either. That's just Like, dumb. we like, in the room. They've been doing it for years. It's a big, busty white woman. And so, you have me in there. And now, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to think she digging me. Right. After after <laughs> after 10 minutes of weak game, I'm spitting. Like, listen, I, I like how your hair just it comes down shoulder length. I like that. <laughs> you know, so now I'm supposed to think you're going to let me feel on your breast right. and, and kiss you. Oh, no. Yeah, it's... Yeah. No, but no, video evidence is, is important. You know, video evidence is, evidence is important. But also, I think it speaks to... Uh, the fact that again, as I was saying, we don't support one another. So I know the the, the black plight. It's I didn't hear or see many indigenous. I don't know any indigenous people, so of course I didn't see any. But it, I just don't see this this unity in supporting one another's causes. Where do we? Why not now? Why not with this pipeline? Why not with you know Walter Scott? Why not with Trayvon Martin? Like I feel like. There's so much going on in the world where we need each other more than ever. Like, we are literally all we have. So this is not now when. No. It is. It's right now. I completely agree. And we have to care. You can't say that you don't care. You have to care. You have to. You have to care. You know why why I don't care? And And it's probably sad. The reason why I don't why, care. Why? Because you're not affected. No, I mean partially that's it. But I look at what's happening with to to the plight of the African American male and African American female, and I got to start there. And so my attention goes there first because that's who I am. You can care about more. You than can one no, thing at time. no, you can. But then it's like I'm surprised when I hear like I've I've seen you know different videos and different interviews of Indigenous people talking about it like. Like America, like America, you said this was our land and that it was sacred, and now you're trying to trying to dig under it for this for your purposes. And I'm like, well, where have y'all been for the last x amount of years? Like you guys got 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 for you for the land, you know. So now you're surprised that America's American government is coming in and trying to take your land. Like I'm not surprised again, again, again. You know, it's the double slap in the face. Like turn the cheek, I'm gonna slap you again. But I'm I'm not surprised with that, and so yeah, I'm I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad they showed what protesting can do, and that's a beautiful thing. They had a lot of support from from your government officials, mm-hmm. from your from your your Jill Stein's, you know, presidential nominee, and but then I look at it like, listen, that's wonderful, but it, 
you know, here, and, and, and just, again, it's, it's definitely division. It's a result of division. Well, one of the where, that I always kind of, like, took with, like, any relationship or just anything in general is to be understood and to want your plight to be understood. Sometimes you have to be understanding as well. So you can't, you touché, can't really seek touché. to be understood and, you know, people to unite with you and fight with you if you're not even going to listen or try to understand what someone else is going through or yeah. how they're suffering. Yeah. No, I, listen, I, I get it. I mean, ultimately what we do is we put our attention on, again, what affects us I agree. the most. So, no, them building a pipeline through my reservation doesn't affect me. But then when I see, uh, you know, Walter Scott and I see getting killed and I see a mistrial, then I'm like, oh, that can that could be me. So nobody might be digging digging up underneath my house, underneath my land where my ancestors were. But you know, so it's it's more so of yeah, that it, it it is more so. You know what? That doesn't affect me, and it's not that I don't care. I, you know, I don't want to say that because listen, I, I understand. I people gotta people gotta stand up for what's theirs and what they believe to be right, and so I definitely respect that. I respect that, you know, that approach that they took. Um, but on the other hand, you know, here I am. That's not in my daily. I'm not trying to see what's happening with Standing Rock. I understand that. So that's just that's just my take on it. And so we we mentioned Walter Scott. So apparently his his killer was his. I mean, he killed. <laughs> you know, he killed him. His killer was. It was a mistrial. Murder. It was a mistrial. One juror, it was a mistrial because one juror said, it sent the letter to the judge, I don't care what anybody talking about, I'm not voting guilty, which is problematic. And from what I knew, from what I believe it is, is is one African-American, 12 white individuals on the jury. Um, And so... Can we... So what does that say about how they did the jury selection process? Because you're essentially supposed to pick the most unbiased people. Yeah, I mean, clearly somebody didn't ask the right questions. Or what happened, somebody lied. <laughs> you know, somebody lied and said, yeah, you know, this, this happened, X, Y, and Z. I would do X, Y, and Z. And then they reneged. <laughs> Can you do that? Like, are there any, like, consequences no, or repercussions for there's, it? There's no consequences because they're, they're, public, they're public servants. That's they're public wild. servants. They're they're part of the population. So here we have somebody killed on videotape. We have somebody running away, right? Running away, right. you know, ten plus feet away, getting shot in the back. Heartbreaking. And it's so, so disheartening. And so, what do you what do you say? Why again? And it brings up my question: Why should anybody of uh, that's a minority, especially African American, have any type of faith in the justice system? If somebody's getting killed on camera running away and that there's a mistrial happens. And so what's going to happen is they're going to refile charges at some point and, you know, to try to bring it back and hopefully they get a conviction. But again, it will it be the same thing? Right. You know, how, how can you control for that? You can't. And so are they going to keep, if it's another mistrial, are they going to bring it back again? Probably not. I watch enough law in order to see once it's one mistrial, the odds of them bringing it back are slim to none. But the fact that this is in the public, that I'm trying to think, has anyone been convicted for any of these these murders? 
to date, they've all gotten off, right? Yeah. And Freddie Gray, nobody was convicted. No, no, nobody was convicted. It wasn't enough. I don't, I don't know. Indis- indisputable. He got off. He got off. Um, Sandra Bland, they're still trying to say that she wasn't even murdered. Yeah, I, I see. With that, I, I don't, I don't know. With that, I don't know if she was murdered. Does it? I, I can't say whether she was or not. I know that's unpopular to say. It's supposed to be Sandra she Bland. Was I think that this, if you base this, the circumstances on how she ended up in jail, I think all of that combined, it's murder. But do I think somebody physically murdered her? I don't know. But she shouldn't have been in jail from, from the start. Exactly. From the start. And that's a problem. So it's, you know, it's just it's just difficult. It's just difficult trying to wrap your head around what's happening to, to people that, that looks like you. You know, that where that could very well be you. I still, anytime I see a police car, I still get nervous. I still have to check. Uh, Even if all your stuff is legit, like. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It, it does not and matter. And I feel like, uh, I explained this to someone, um, you know, they didn't quite understand what I meant when I was saying white privilege. And I was like, when the cops get behind you, do you feel safe or are you scared? No, I it's, feel like it's, white privilege is the fact that you don't have to go out of your way to make the police officer feel safe when they're the ones that's supposed to be protecting and serving you. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, listen, I agree. And what happens is, I mean, that's that's the the race related trauma that it that exists. I, you know, I spoke about this on a Facebook Live. I did. Feel free to look it up on Facebook.com backslash Philip. That's P H I two L's I P M S W. No, but I did a race related <laughs> trauma <laughs> trauma. Uh, Facebook Live to you know discuss race related trauma and what that looks like because this was after the killings of uh, Philando Castile and um, I don't want to say Mr. Sterling in in Louisiana. It's very much traumatic, and so what happens is it's it's PTSD. That's that's those type of symptoms that exist. So when my heart start beating rapidly and I start sweating. Profuse, profusely when us when there's a cop car, not even he could just be at at Dunkin' Donuts stereotype at Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> sitting there and it's like oh oh let's get it together I can't die today right. I can't die today and that and that's unfortunately that's what happens that's what happens with uh, many of us thinking they're like oh you know you have people well why do you feel that way and it's like because that's the reality that's the reality and granted it's a like you never it's, know it's a small part of the population like i don't want to make it seem like cops are just killing everybody at will i know good cops personally yeah i i know i know cool cops i don't i don't know that i know them outside of their uniform i don't know them as police because because typically when people sometimes when they put uniforms on they transform it's like you go from clark kent who's passive and calm and he just looks at lois lane you know, but he won't never say anything to her. Then he he jumps in the booth and becomes Superman. He has the little curl, and then <laughs> and there the and there you have the it. And, and and they and they turn, you know, and they turn. And so some people definitely don't know how to handle authority. No, not at all, not at all. Especially when it's mixed with fear. Exactly, and that's what that's what a lot of it is. A lot of it is fear um, on both sides. And if you have two people that's fearful, then you know mistakes. M- mistakes. Fatal mistakes. Fatal, fatal intentional mistakes happen. And so here we have a mistrial. Because I don't think this individual woke up saying, I'm going to kill a Negro today. 
I don't think he woke up saying that. But I think how when they when they're being put in in, in neighborhoods to they're put in neighborhoods to look for crime. Yes. You know, instead yeah. of you know trying somebody put it much better than I did, and I can't recall it right now. Just in, in describing it. But um, instead of just policing and allowing the crime to happen, they go look for it. Because black people are criminalized. Exactly. We're already exactly. And in the media, <laughs> you know, we watch the we watch the news, and you know, what do we say? This this African American male did this. This African American male did that. And so, it's become, you know, it's become the norm. It's become the norm to, and this is what we expect, and this is what they expect. They expect an African American to be. A criminal from the jump and you have to prove their innocence and so unlike the individual who you know who murdered joe mcknight the football player he right. he was let go it was like all right we got to get our evidence before you know before we can hold you now granted he was brought back in for manslaughter charges and uh, they're trying it, to get him out <laughs> exactly exactly but he was released after being arrested initially because they needed more and so you know when we look at it and, like, and when I say we, we, and when I say we, we look at minorities, and and even the majority looked at it was just like, wait, mm, what's how? happening here? Exactly, how but but here, exactly, but here we have it. We have, we have it in the in the deep south, and we 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 already recognize that there's a completely different culture in the south compared to up north. So even if it's you know taking the race out of it. I still think it would have been handled different. I don't think this individual would have been released after killing somebody. I don't know how much evidence. I don't really get surprised anymore. No, no, no. It's because we've been desensitized to, you know, to, to the things that's been happening. And so you grow up a, and, and, and see what's happening in the world today. And it's, it's not shocking anymore. It's not shocking anymore. We're, you know, lower long past the OJ, um, that whole fiasco because my, my thing with that situation was you know people were black people were just they listen if you ask any african-american we're not supposed to listen and to all my caucasian friends that are listening listen we're not i'm not supposed to say this right now right <laughs> i'm not supposed to say this it's it, it's in our handbook it was right, a part of it was say. a part of version 22 <laughs> that african-americans cannot say that oj did it Right, so I'm not gonna say OJ did it. No, but it was but it was the fact that a matter of listen, somebody finally beat the system. Right, somebody, one of us, their own game at their own game. And granted, they heard us. We we beat them exactly. And granted, OJ was not like us. (laughs) You know, he was not like us. But the fact that you know we he had Johnny, he had Johnny, and Johnny was like us. Yeah, Johnny was the man. And that was a great series, by the way. The People vs. O.J. Simpson. I don't know if you watched it. You watched yeah, it? I saw most of it. I didn't see all of it. Why? Because you knew what the end it was going to be? <laughs> well, <laughs> Not I might going. go back and check it out again. Yeah, no, it listen. Was, it, 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 was, was really it was very good. It was very good. So, yeah, it's, again, this is and this is all related to race-related trauma and, and PTSD and, and just trying to deal and cope with what's happening. Um, and this, this is not just endemic to minorities. You know, our our majority Caucasian friends, they I'm sure they experience PTSD and they're, you know, with various things that happen with within their lives. I I can't say it's not as what? don't put me on the 
Don't put me out there like I that. No, I'm trying to be politically correct now. Just let me have my politically correct moment. Okay, I just yeah. wanted to know. I just wanted to see if you had an example of people. I don't know when it. when Brad Pitt and Angelina got they're getting a divorce. That could be traumatizing. Is it? it, it Can you compare it? I was, to bodies laying in the street. Backstreet when Backstreet Boys broke up. When the sync broke up, it might be. Oh man. No. no. Well, let's move on to a lighter note. Like let's let's lighten let's lighten the mood. Chance the Rapper. I love Chance so much. Who? Black Boy Joy. Who? Chance the Rapper. Uh, who? Are you serious? No, oh, I know serious. you're not no, serious. I'm not serious. No, I'm it, not serious. So what about Chance the Rapper? He got seven Grammy nods. And you know, he's independent. Like, he's not signed to anyone. And he only streamed his album. It wasn't, like, for sale. Yeah, I got it for free. Yeah, so <laughs> it was, like, really dope. Like, he's the first person to ever do that. So, Black Boy Joy, Black Boys Rock. Yeah, I mean, listen. I'm extremely happy for him. And and like, like I love the energy he exudes. It's like it's all that. In the same way, I feel about Standing Rock, and it's nothing personal against Chance. <laughs> but I don't care. What do you care about this week? I don't. I don't. Tell me what you care no, about. No, I'm saying this is why I don't care. Right? I think I've reached the age where, especially as a hip hop fan, my hip hop, my love for hip hop stopped. In 2000, I don't know, 2006, 2007. Now I can't listen to anybody new. Really? I can't look. I can't get a new album. You don't like Chance? I'm not gonna say I don't like them. I mean, did I hear the album? Did I download it? Yeah, I gave it a listen. But it's nothing that I'm gonna put in repeat. Anything I put in repeat, what? anything I put in repeat at this that's point is something that's happened um, from like 20, 27 and under. Oh. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't listen to new music. I can't listen to new hip hop. Yeah, you were born in the medieval time. You know, so even though I might call, who I call a genius, Lil Yachty, I might call Lil oh, Yachty a genius. Yeah, people gave you some flat facts though. Right. People out here just throwing the genius word around all crazy. They ain't say it to my you. face though. Don't say it to my face. <laughs> you. I ain't, I ain't hard to find. You. No, it's you know. I mean, no, no that's listen. That's dope. That's dope. Um. Who else got nominated? See, I don't know a lot when. Of yeah, Kanye. For what? Um, the Lego Pablo. Man, if they don't get that out of here, that was a, the the worst piece of of oh, the worst out. It's you know I liked it initially, but then I started to get mad. Really? You know when I when I listen to No More Parties in L.A. and it's like, yo, he really rapping. Like I said before, but on the rest of them, he just talking and he's had he's going off on these tangents, and now it goes to show, you know what he's. He was on a downward spiral. So when he recorded that album, I'm sure it's that was though. that was the beginning. It's not really though. You don't think it's expressive? What is art? What is a person's art? They give you what they're going through. But what is hip hop? Hip hop is bars. Is it? Hip hop is bars. I feel like art is whatever you put out. Yeah. Then art is what your then, art then, is. I feel like everybody's art is not the same. Everybody's hip hop is not the same. Well, hip hop no, started no. out just beats and DJing and yeah. the MC. But when it you when you consider rhyming. when you consider yourself a a, a rapper, then it, that's about bars. It's about lyric, about lyrical content. I think it's more. I think it's more. I feel like if you're really going to talk about what hip hop is or where, what it derives from, it's more than just bars. It no, I'm, I'm not about bars. No, it, I'm not saying it that it's not into that. I'm not saying that it's, it's it's not more than just bars. But what I'm saying is, I, I think it's is a part of like that. Is he is he a hip hop artist? Yeah, but as far as a, a rapper who's who's lyrical, is he no. 
So it, it gets more it gets more uh, concentrated when when we start talking about like hip hop artists. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not because it's like you become more. It's like like who who was it? Lil Yachty or Lil Uzi Vert? One of them little people. Um, <laughs> you know, one of them little people. You know, it was like, listen, I'm not a. I think with Lil Yachty, not yeah, Lil Yachty was like he don't listen to Biggie. J. Cole That's just wild. J. Cole just dissed all the little the mm. little people in his song. Yeah. And he was like, Well, F J. Cole, I don't listen to J. Cole. And he was like, you know what, they think they're rock stars. And that, you know what? That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful it's thing. The culture right now. It's, they're it, young, they're kids. No, I, and I they're don't, just having fun. They just I don't take anything. They just old. made it. I don't take any listen, and that's just trying to make it out. They made it out. That's a beautiful thing. They're living the dream right now. But when we talk about rapper and Kanye considers himself, he considers himself a rapper, then rappers rap. True. Rappers rap, point blank. Even when 50 was singing on songs and Ja Rule was singing on songs, they were still that was that's a, he got classics. He got, he, he got he got hits. Ja Rule got the hits. Ja Rule got a lot of hits. If you in the car and it's like one of his duets and the other person ain't singing, like you know, the you, look you. you look at him sideways. You look at him sideways. No, you gotta like pull. You gotta pull over. And let him out. Let him out. You gotta let him out. Do you open the door gonna, or do they open? It's not going to work. It's not. It's not. You gotta reach across. Well, first you stop. You let, you I don't even know if you, I don't even more. know if you stop. You might you just say, stop. Nah, <laughs> when, it, when it's a Doc B mix, because Doc B mixes is a squeeze hour. Uh-huh. It's not really an hour. It's really like twenty seven <laughs> minutes. So it's like, yo, you got to roll if you don't, if you don't uh, know this. You, you got to reach across, open the door. <laughs> it was nice meeting you. This ain't gonna work. <laughs> that's real right. That's real oh, right. Yourself an Uber. You can do stuff like that now because people can just call it Uber. Yeah, it's messed up. They ain't got called nobody to look to. Yeah. They don't got to walk. <laughs> like, find the nearest pizza shop just standing there till the Uber gets there. Yeah, right. It's different. Yeah, it's it's like, I would never do that to anyone. I listen to that. I would. No, I wouldn't. Have I, have I left anybody? I definitely left. I left somebody on the turnpike before. For what? Because he was talking greasy. You was driving? Yeah, I was driving. Well, I should have told you number one. He was kind of light with it. Well, he was. He was light with it. Very. <laughs> Let me not get paid. No, I mean, get I'm, I'm past that in my life, you know. I try not to give the, the past too much shine, you know. I moved on. So no, because people want to know, like, what's too much greasy? Like, what happened? Like, how does somebody get kicked out of the wheel on the turnpike? Like, that's that's before, that's pre Uber. Yeah, it was pre Uber. This was back in like, like 2009, 10. Like and so what? What like what happened? I can't even remember the details of it. He was getting smart. He was talking crazy, and it was like, "Keep talking, and you could get out." I think I might even got called out my name, and it was just like, oh, "All right, now you you gotta get out. You gotta go. Bye." I wouldn't go, and he got out. No. What was the purpose of this story? <laughs> I have no idea. But he was supposed to. But you know me being the person I am, like I'm really, really nice. I'm too nice sometimes, so I just couldn't leave him on the turnpike. Like, how was, how do you get off the turnpike? <laughs> you won't. I just needed I just needed him to understand that he was. Did you I pull know, over? I know did who you he pull, was talking to? Did you pull over at least? Yeah, I pulled over. I pulled over. I reached over. Tried. You can get out. I would have knocked your arm away. Get out. I'm, I'm not nonviolent, but listen, I don't <laughs> play those out. games. Get out of my car. What? You get back to where you got to go the best way you know how. Because I don't know who you're talking to. I'm not the one. Okay? Okay? And what was the ride home like? <laughs> Silent. 
drop that behind off, and Kathy push it. But you still took him home. I mean, I was going to hand so he it, so. so he won. Did he win? He did win. He got left left out, let out right at his crib. No, he ain't win. He ain't win the real. He ain't win the battle. I mean, he he won the battle. He ain't win the war. <laughs> Alright, listen, listen. Whatever, whatever was clever. Shout out to Chance. Shout out to J Cole and, and Wale. And... I'm excited for J Cole's project. Are you? I am. I, again, I don't. I, like I, Cole. I can't listen to new rap. I, I can't. It's unfortunate. You know, like I'm trying to think what album did I stop listening to new rap? I feel like he was like a Fifty fan. Very much so. Very, very much so. For never really get richer, get richer, die trying. That was it. That's where it's like. That's like a favorite hashtag too. Get, no, it's get richer, live trying. Cause it, um, yeah, because we live. We promote. We promote wellness here. You know, we promote word, wellness. You know, word. so it's get richer, like live that. trying. Yes, that's nice right there. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I think I think what like Common B, like that's in heavy rotation right now. That's a classic album. Find it forever is what I'm listening to. Common right now, like I play that almost every day now. I just gotta be like I can't, I can't vibe with these young people. You, you know, it's it's just and, and there's nothing against them. You you strike me as like um somebody that's listening to uh, like cool jazz. Listen, John, listen, John Coltrane <laughs> and Johnny Hartman album. My one and only love. Oh, yeah, no, I had that. Yeah, no, I had that. Yeah. No, I think I know you got the, the wedding singer voice. I tell you this all the time. Like, you can be a wedding singer. Like, part time. Well, part part time. You already got like mad part time. Mad part time. But no, it's, listen, I love I love my Johnny Coltrane, man. He, you know, he, it's sad what's happening to his house. Down, uh, where, where's his house at? It's somewhere here in Philly, but um, like it's not being up kept, like it's just it's just being left. And it's like, listen, this is one of the greatest jazz musicians that the world has ever seen, and it's like they treating him like he's nobody, but they keep the Edgar Allan Poe house up. Mm. You know, they they keep up, up talk about it. You know, they keep up different other speak on it. <laughs> But no, it should, and that's just unfortunate, you know. So before, because I know it's going to get sold and get turned into a condo. Um, Hopefully I, not. Hopefully they make it like a museum pl- or please, something. Please, please. I went down. I was down Broad and Fairmount Park because I went and saw uh, Et the Hip Hop Preacher, which was which was nice. dope. It was, it was dope. It was dope. We had a real He's like really nice embrace. But I was down Broad and Fairmount, and apparently I haven't been down Broad and Fairmount in a while. And I'm just looking condo, condo, condo. It's built up. I'm just like it's called Brewery Town now, I believe. Is is it? I think that's what's called now, Brewery Town, not North Philly. Listen, I was Brewery <laughs> Town. I was like, what the Negroes? Fancy. I see people with little the baby dogs, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, they, they got their dogs in strollers. They got the shorts on. You know, I'm like, damn, it's, it's thirty degrees outside. Exactly, but listen, I know how some people get down. I went to Bloomsburg. I know how I roll. How mm-hmm. people get down. But it was just, it's just, it's just shocking and it's sad what's happening to, you know, to, you know, communities. So, like, I still don't understand why. I guess they, they're just now starting to fix up, like, the Divine Lorraine Hotel. Like, I always thought that, like, right down there. Oh, yeah, they're supposed to be, if my memory serves me correct, they're supposed to be turning into, like, homeless housing. And, and I, I think that's dope. And I've said that 15 years ago, yeah. that that should have been happening. Yeah. And so, you know, finally, hopefully, hopefully the mm-hmm. city... Or who, no, somebody else has it. Uh, hopefully they do. They do that. And the, the place down on, um, like right near Broad and Lee, is it Broad and Lee? It's like that Showtime at the Apollo type of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Uptown, I think it's called. The like, yeah, like, like that's 
These are history. History. Mm-hmm. History. But whose story? His story. But I just feel like part of that is we don't really fight for it. Cause you know, we, we don't be having the petitions. We don't be going to the meetings and stuff like that the way other groups do. Because what got to take place to get there? You know, it's like you got to go through so... Yeah, they eat. They just trying to get... Everywhere. Glad I the poppy story. I ain't got time to worry about, you know what I mean, this historical landmark and what's being done with it. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that a... a platters at the... Because I don't live around a poppy store anymore. You know, I, I, I moved on up. Bougie. I moved on up. Bourgeois. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that like a good dinner? To like buy somebody, like go to the poppy store and grab them a dinner or... <laughs> it's all right. It's it, cool. It'll make something shake. Especially when the poppy like you can get a whole meal. I'm talking, I'm talking about chicken cheese steak with cheese fries and a drink, all under six dollars. Depending on where you at, you might get it for like five. Okay, all that's right. dope. Listen, I, I don't knock the hustle. Listen, I don't knock the hustle. You gotta get it how you live, especially when it's an off week. Listen, when you live in that that life where it's one dollar, it's a couple dollars in the account, and you gotta fill the tank up with that one dollar with credit. <laughs> make it through the week. Listen, that's what no booking info does right, it for. Does it for the regular <laughs> that's what we do for it for. for the, listen, <laughs> I mean, don't listen to me. Don't go overdrafting your account. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if it ever gets that tight, listen, we, we we eat on paper plates over here. You know, we not too, we not too proud to bet. You know, we not we not too proud to bet. We're so. That's, that's, that's love. That's okay, love, well, so. this episode is supposed to be, you know, kind of about, you know, occupation and just, um, you know, kind of work help and, like, how you, how those relationships go and how how working and your occupation um, factor into your health and well-being. Um, you know, I was kind of thinking of talking about, like, collecting a paycheck versus doing what your passion is. And I think that's really important, especially for my generation, because it's like, you know, everybody is, um, everybody's so infatuated with, you know, starting a business and being their own boss and not really understanding like the grind and like what really goes into it. And, you know, I'm not discouraging anyone from, you know, following their dreams or anything like that, because you should absolutely go for whatever you want. Like you deserve it. But at the same time, if everybody owns the business, if everybody's the boss, who's working? Indeed. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. Some people are going to work. No. And, and some people are going to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. And that's not going to be an entrepreneur. And, that's, and there's nothing wrong with either. It's, it's trying to figure out what works for you. Exactly. What works for you. What makes you happy. I, I know countless individuals, who, myself included, where I was, I am still a part of the quote-unquote workforce, but I realized a long time ago that I'm not a fan of, of taking orders from anybody. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm the type of person who has to, to march to the beat of my own drum. And so even with the job that I have now doing therapy with children and families, I make my own schedule. I, if I have to talk to a supervisor, it's rare. It's rare because I've been doing this now for, for a period of time, but it's like, I really don't have to have any contact with them, right. you know, unless I need to, unless I, I need something. And so, you know, also being an entrepreneur, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a grind. It def- it's taxing. It's, it's definitely taxing. Uh, as an entrepreneur, as far as me being a, a motivational speaker uh, who discusses mental health and talks about mental health that, you know, whoever wants to listen, ultimately. But that's a grind in itself, trying to, sure. 
trying to get, you know, trying to secure it engagements. It's right. difficult. You know, it's difficult. It's not easy. It's you're it's gonna have to seek it out. It's not it's, gonna always come a, they, to you. They're not gonna come to you. I was just having this discussion with myself because I talk to myself. Sometimes. <laughs> I was just having no, a conversation with myself. Yeah, yeah it's, it's I said so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it was like because what I'm what I'm going to start is, and I keep saying, you know, all right, I'm gonna start in the beginning of the year because especially with like schools uh, where it's especially local schools now, colleges and things like that are are, are kind of a bit different. But just as far as just rejection, you know, as an entrepreneur. You can't be afraid to get rejected. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, like I've sent out 70 emails to, to probably to every high school in the city. And I did it again and still nothing. And so what it'll have to be is, listen, I just got to walk up in there. Listen, mm-hmm. I would like to schedule, my name is Philip Roundtree, XYZ. I would like to schedule a meeting with the principal, with the counselor, whoever. But if they say no, they say no. But yeah. you have to put yourself out there. You have to work. Like it's it's not... For some things, you can sit behind a computer and do, but you really have to put the legwork in in order to, because it's your dream. You know, nobody cares about your dream, really, but you you might have people that support it, but right. they're not going to support you like you you need to support you. So that, that calls for late nights and, and early mornings. You know, this ain't a Marsha album. Uh, <laughs> you peeped that, you see what I did there? I, 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 I tied that, that in, right? I tied that in. But uh, yeah, you got to, you know, and again, Sometimes your passion is what you do in your quote unquote nine to five. Right. And so for some, it's some it's, people love their jobs. I think that's so dope. I think it's so dope to be to work a job that you love. And it's not like um, you know, it's not like working for a paycheck it makes you any less successful. That's not true. I know people that have very good lives and they've made good lives and you know fulfilled and helped people with you know, their jobs working, you know, for a corporation or for someone else. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. And a lot of times you can be collecting a paycheck, but still be doing your passion at the same time outside of it. You don't ever have to think that, you know, those eight hours that you spend um, working for someone else, like that's where, that's where your day ends. You can still do things that serve you and serve your community outside of that and I know we get so busy especially people with kids and things like that but you can incorporate them incorporate them like don't don't let anything stop your hustle or your drive or like what you really want to do and sometimes it's just a stepping stone like a lot of jobs are temporary like my job at the auditing firm um that's that's not what I want to do that's not like my passion it pays the bills it I make decent money but at the end of the day I know what the big picture looks like for me so it's like you and, know and that's that's the means to the end right now and and that's and that's key you know and that's key and you have to do what you what you have to do to you know your plan b is to make your plan a work or or something like that it could be reversed i, don't, I forgot the line yeah. but yeah i you, mean for real for real if you really want to make it you don't have a plan b you gotta make it work you gotta go all in you gotta go all in it's it's a matter of again with me and in the, in the speaking and i started my own business quantify and i've had that now for about three months and i've listen again it takes it takes Grind work it, out. it takes work and so hence the reason why i haven't released what it is as of yet because it's still in the it's still in the works you know it's still in the works of, of just putting it all together it, it, it's in development stages but what you said was also true where you know it's it's your dream and everybody nowadays 
a lot of people are want to be entrepreneurs, which is a, again, it's a beautiful thing. But then who's working? Who believes in somebody else's dream and wants to partake in that? And that's difficult. And that's that's difficult. And so that's just a matter of getting you putting you again, doing the groundwork, getting out there, meeting people, um, which is makes it difficult if you're trying to be an entrepreneur and have a, a traditional job because listen, traditional jobs take a lot out of you. It can it can take a lot of you. It's a lot of it's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety related to traditional jobs, depending on, on what field of, of work you're in. And so that can again that can hinder you following what your passion is. But when people ask ask me, it's like, you know, I listen, I have one life. Right. I have I have one life. When this is gone, that's it. You know, that's it. So I have to do what I have count. to do. I don't mind sacrificing. I, when I worked for the city of Philadelphia, um, you know. Can you say that? Huh? Can you say that? You just shouting people out. <laughs> no, nah, please. That's, that's not, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not proud. of probably everybody working at the city of Philadelphia, DHS, but I dang sure that that wasn't the place for me. <laughs> I like when we blow up, you won't get a food one day. <laughs> Listen, that's what that's that's just, the name of the game. I just feel it. You're not popping if you ain't get sued. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not popping if you don't got the lawsuits again. Oh, but uh, I yeah. ain't got nothing. Don't sue me. Just put his name on it. Well, it's just so far. They just know tree and pray. They don't know behind the name. <laughs> true, let me true, true. change my IG name. Fulfill <laughs> 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 they, they can say. Fulfill. I think my joint is like Smiley and Dreddy. They ain't gonna find me. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but until you get that one person, it's gonna be that one person that tell you, "Phil X, but your name was Roundtree's." Oh man, get out of here! And I just told my whole Bitch name. Ran. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, when I worked for the city of Philadelphia, it was like, you know what, this is a good job. I could literally stay here for. I started there when I was twenty-one, twenty-two. I could stay here for forty years, make decent money. I had an advanced degree, so I could continue to move up the ranks, but. One day I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. It's, it's you know, doing child welfare is not for me. And so I just That's left. That's definitely a taxing job. I just, I left one day. You know, because how much can you see? Like, it became so bad. Like, I got, I became desensitized to what I was seeing. Like, oh, you got welfare marks. Oh, you didn't eat in five days? Oh, all right. But that, that's not healthy. Yeah. That's that's nothing healthy about that yeah, at all. Definitely not. And so leaving that, I didn't have, I didn't have another job. I didn't have anything lined up. At that point, I had a house. So it was like, whew, what am I going to do? Right. You know, what am I going to do? And so you make it do what it do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's you make grind. Make something shape. You got to make something happen. Because or I would have been right back at home with my mom. And that wasn't, that was an option, but that wasn't an option for me. Right. And so it's like taking that same mentality, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur and follow what your passion is, and, and go after it. And go after it. And so... Like, here we are. Like, it took me till what, 32 being out here to really find out what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's another thing. A lot of people my age, like, they go through these, like, bouts of, I don't want to really call it depression, but... They it is, through, though. It is. It I is mean, awesome. I guess, it's, yeah, you can't call it that. When they just get to a point where it's like, what do I do next? Like, like is this it? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, where am I going? Like, 
and it really they really get down on themselves because they you know compare themselves to their parents when they might have had like a salary job they were there for 20 years retired pensions things like that but that's not the reality for our generation it's not you have to constantly reinvent yourself you're going to have more than one career you're going to have many careers you're going to have multiple careers you're not going to have one job it's rare that you will have one job from the time you know you start your career and you're going to end the same place like it's just not how things are set up, especially if you want to get what you're worth and you deserve. And and that's the thing. You're not you're not supposed to unless you get a like a city job where but even then, once you're at a certain level, you can you max out and then what? Um, unless you have an advanced degree. But I was reading a study, this was a, a while ago, but it's like in order to maximize your dollars and your value, you gotta switch jobs every two to three years. You have to. Or you'll you really won't be getting what you're worth in order to see that because you're and I guess the idea is okay I'm making X amount of dollars you go to the next job with and with experience and you you know you can bump the price up say mm-hmm. listen I need I need X Y Z and then you go to the next job more experience and and what have you and so yeah it's it's just a matter of you know I'm a fan of following your passion. I'm a fan of following your passion. If you, if you have a job that you're happy at and you're content with, then by all means, there's somebody right now who's happy at McDonald's for thirty dollars for thirty dollars an hour. But at whatever they make an hour, because um, when I worked at McDonald's on on Green and Show, I ain't make thirty dollars an hour. But <laughs> but if I, I meant to say thirty years, but if you're working at McDonald's and you're happy for thirty years. And you're content with your life. Because it's that's, really not all a, about the money, honestly. It's, it's not. It's not. It's like not. you definitely have to change. Like life is short. Like, like the jobs, they're they're just to pay the bills. It's not. It's a part of your life. You spend a lot of your time at work, but at the same time, that's not who you are. That's what you do. Yeah. It's not yeah. who you are. And and but that's another point that I try to stress to people. Like you're you're so much more than what it is that you do. You know, people are like, "Who are you?" And they they immediately say what they do. I'm a student. I'm a social worker. I'm just like, no, like, who are you? Right. And I'm supposed to. It's funny. I haven't responded back yet, but I'm supposed to do work with uh, students at, at at Mastery Gratz High School, like the old Simon Gratz. You're not responding. Huh. You out here supposed to be grinding? What you mean you ain't respond yet? You I never because because I don't know if I'm gonna do it or not. But what, what they mean want, you don't know if you want to do it. No, or what not. they what they want is they want people to come in and they want them to interview like the either the sophomores or the juniors to interview them like in the next two weeks and ask them these questions that they already have orchestrated. And I was thinking like yeah I'll pro- I'm I'm probably gonna end up doing it, but I'm going do I'm, it. I'm not asking nothing on this paper because honestly none of that matters. None of that matters. Like the, we want them to get the, the experience of responding, but okay. it's like I want to ask, who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what matters. That in, is. In my eyes. Start them young. Who, who Try are to figure you? it out. And if you, once you learn that, like it, it drastically changes your life. Once you figure out who you are, what you are, what you want to be, like what type of person you want to be, what you'll stand for, what you want, who you are, and you're confident in who you are. Sky's the limit. Yeah. No, there are no limits. Yeah, or if they say I don't know, I would even, I would love to hear I don't know. Sure. Because that's a beautiful thing, the fact that you don't know. I think I was watching Daria. I got I got a lot of flashbacks. I do a lot of flashbacks here when we talk. Uh, <laughs> I was watching Daria. Remember she was like real depressed that MTV show, mm-hmm. and they was asking her what she wanted to be, and it's just like you know yeah. So I'll, I'm going to choose what I want to be in my in my youth in my high school years, and then 
grow up to, and then if I don't fulfill it or if I'm unhappy with it, I feel like I have to stick with it because that's what I said I wanted to do. And it's just like, exactly. You know, when you grow when you're growing up, don't know what you want to be, be 10, 20 different things. Mm-hmm. Don't fall victim to, to what society says you need to know. And so what society says you need to know, okay, you, you need to go to college. Colleges are for everybody. Some people can go to a trade school. We need carpenters. We need plumbers. We need, you know, trade school individuals, somebody with a vocation. Um, then it's okay for the people that go to college. Okay. Pick a major, you know, it's like, wait, that was the first mistake I made. I should have went and I went undecided, wasted a whole bunch of money and time. (laughs) That's what I did. Wasted money and time. You know, I wanted a business degree. I hated business. And I just kept sticking in there and sticking in there. And I was just like, no, this is dumb. (laughs) And my mom was like, just go ahead. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Change major. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Like I went in and I was like, okay, I'm going to do commun- mass com, mass communications. It was like, I did news writing. I'm a great writer, but I got to see. And so I was like, uh, okay, maybe this isn't for me, but here I am doing a podcast. Right. So it's Word. mass com in your face. Bones, bird. Look at that. <laughs> Even though this is, won't he do it? it Will he won't. <laughs> but no, but don't, but don't feel the pressure, like the pressure of life. It's like, I get sick of talking to, and I, I always I get told I talk about relationships a lot, you know, and and love and things like that. But don't feel pressured to 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 go into to have to make a decision on the first date about whether you want to be in a relationship or not. Don't don't feel that pressure. I know, oh boy, I got the eye roll. I didn't even roll my eyes. But I I don't think anybody should have to feel that pressure because you don't know. You were just mad and decisive. Who? You. What what do you mean? You're an, you're an indecisive person. I, and you try to, you try to cloak it with saying that it's societal pressure it and you don't feel like you have to do it. But when it really comes down to it, it's you're indecisive and you don't know what you want. And that's okay. Just keep just, it a be. Just what's coming. You don't know. Just because we talk every day don't mean you know me, dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't mean you know. I know you. <laughs> but it's cool. It's like, it's all right. Okay. No, but it, but I say that to say no. I, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm indecisive. I think I I know what I want. I do. I, I trust me. I know what I want. But it's I'm gonna let things play out. You know, I'm gonna let things play out, and I don't want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let everything play out how it's supposed to play out. Because when you try to get in the middle of what God has Case planned, well, you try to get in the middle. When you try to get in the middle of what God has planned, and then you're going to mess up, and it's going to go to the left, and you should be going right, and then you're not going to know where you're going because you're not going straight. You were in a crooked circle going backwards. Amen, mm-hmm. church? Mm. I, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see what you just tried to do there. I, I no, no, no. But don't, don't, listen, and that's the thing. Like I don't, I don't care about anything. Like Don't feel pressured to do anything. You make your own decisions. You, you know, you, you do what feels right for you. And if anybody has an issue with it, you got to remind them, listen, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. And so you go from there. Don't, again, it's, I'm not a fan of pressure. You know, I like, I like anything in life to, to, to be what it's supposed to be. Sometimes pressure breeds results. And sometimes pressure busts pipes. Pressure makes diamonds. Uh, too much, too much water pressure. Uh, no, whatever. But speaking of like Kramer did in Seinfeld when he had the high pressure. No, you know what Seinfeld when he had the high pressure uh, shower head and he had to get it off the black market. 
You don't know about that. That's too many. That's a props oh, to my yeah. Seinfeld heads out so, there. So, um, speaking of relationships, we want to talk about uh, work relationships. Work relationships. And kind of break it down. Um, first with, you know, the relationships you have with your manager or your boss. And that's an important relationship to have. I know a lot of people, some people have more interactions than others. There's like different management styles and that definitely factors into the relationship you can have with them. Some people, there, let me be clear, there's definitely a difference between a leader and a manager. And some people, you know, they're, they're not really leaders they just manage and that can that can be frustrating and that can definitely frustrate your work life if you have someone that's constantly micromanaging you or you know it feels like they don't necessarily like you but but i'll say about that is don't take things personal that's that's, <laughs> that's you know what that's easier personal that's easier said than done that's easier said than done and it's you know because it Work is the work itself. Again, depending upon what you do, it can be stressful, especially if you put effort into it. You know, it can be stressful. You can experience anxiety. But the people, the people is what really like can make or break the work experience. It can really make or break the, the work experience. I agree with that. And so I, I when I hearken back, SAT work. 990. Uh, now I don't even know if that's good or not. I don't know. But, and that stuff don't even matter. I was talking about that the it other doesn't. day. It doesn't matter. Nobody asks you. Like, when I go to apply for a job, sir, what did you get on your SAT? It's a pointless test. I, I fell asleep for a half hour in the, during the beginning of the test. I missed, like, almost a half a section. It's it so stupid. Nobody cares if you got a 4.0. Nobody cares about those Dumb. things, man. It's. I've never even been asked for my degree when I went on an interview. And that kind of irks me. Like, sometimes I want you to ask for this degree. Yeah, it's the most expensive piece of paper I'll ever have in life. Listen, I got one. <laughs> I mean, because we in my crib right now. I was going to do it live, but we look kind of busted right now. I got, I got <laughs> one degree sitting up there. I got, a, I got a rotisserie sitting on top of, of my one master's degree. Then I got a box over, and I'm, I don't know why I'm pointing, because I think I'm, t- I'm pointing to pre where it is. Cause she I got one degree. She's opened up inside a box with the trophies. It's like it's paper. It's paper. It's paper. You know what? It, what it is? It's the experiences that that come with it. It's, it's the it's the pride, not the pride of the pride of completion. Yes, but it's the pride of the of the journey. Like I knew what I took to get the to get the mass exercise science that the rotisserie chicken is sitting on right now. Um, I knew what it took for me to get there. You know, it took a lot of self doubt and me questioning whether I had the the aptitude to to learn something completely new, something that was science based. But that's the thing; it's it's all a mind thing. It is. It's it is all a mind. mind thing. Mind Everything and that I learned in school, I could have taught myself. I, I agree. It's I agree. all a mind thing. But it's the, a very expensive mind trick. Yeah, but it's like it's. <laughs> but who's going to recognize it? Especially now with like the advent of of. You know your online degrees and the, the various different. You no, know, and no shade to people getting an online degree. That's what's up. But um, you know it's it's and I coined this back in. I was I was at UPenn for something. An information session for a doctorate degree, which I I didn't end up getting because my heart wasn't in it. Like I just I couldn't do it again. Um, 
but it's credential inflation. You know, what's credential inflation? Okay, so back in back in nineteen seventies, you know, the eighties, it's like, oh, you got a high school degree, a high school diploma, you the man. Then in the nineties, it's like, are you got a master's degree? Man, you got a master's? Like when I saw Dwayne Wayne, he got a master's and a doctorate at the same time, and like and like <laughs> math. And I was just like, now me looking back at, it, I was like, dang, was he either really wrong? back then but it's like he was the man like yo he getting a he getting a phd and, and whatever now it's just like everybody got a master's degree you, you stop 10 people on on the street you got a master's degree yeah yeah i got one got university of phoenix i got it from uh x y and c place i, I like those letters today i might got played on the lottery or something but um i keep the letters on the lot but i say that to say you know it's because credential inflation so as, as the time goes on it's Okay, a master's degree isn't enough. Now it's like people that are getting doctors and like, okay, now they're the time. Then what's after a doctor's? Doctors, doctors. You know, it's like that skit Kanye had in, in college dropout. Right. It's like the, you know, I got a master's and master's masters. And, you know, is that gonna keep you one? It's like really in reality, man, it's like it's just a, a big scam. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a higher education is a big scam. And, and then they stalk you for their money. They, they want it. They want it big time. I tell them all the time, you can come get it. Come repo it. Come take it back. I ain't using it. Yeah, listen, I would love to, I would say this, <laughs> I would lie to sign this over and say, yeah, take this. <laughs> take you know, back. but this is take this, this is the system that we have in America. I don't know how we got on that subject. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, I guess, oh, I mean, we were talking, talking about, about like, yeah, right? management boss, but we can move on to the next one. Yeah, I, I just um, think that it, it just to, to touch on that, I think it's just important to, to realize who are you dealing with and, and, and recognize, are you capable of dealing with that individual? It's, I've, I've been in situations where I've had, you know, supervisors who I did not care for at all. And it, did it make it difficult for me to do my job? No, but it was just like, I'm the type of person, you know, not, I've had enough. So when I worked at a, I worked at a, a hospital, not to be named Crozier Chester Hospital. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> And I had a, I, and I had, no, we can't, cause I worked there. I did work there. You know, it's not like I'm lying, but I, you know, I worked there. I didn't say my, my supervisor's name. I, uh, you know, it's Lainey Heiss, you know, I didn't say her name. I didn't say her name, but, but no, but, but what happened is it's like, it's like the difference in management skills. I had somebody who, uh, who was amazing for a year. Like she, like you would go above and beyond for her. If she said, "Listen, can you do a double shift?" Like a double shift at a hospital is is, is who it hurts. Like it physically hurts your body because you you just it's just a difficult setting. But it's just like, oh yeah, no doubt. Listen, can you come in um, early? Can you cover for somebody? Oh yeah, for sure. Because what she do? She she talked to you. Yeah, you know, she was able to empathize with you. She actually tried to do the work if something happened. Like, listen, you know what? You go out there and handle them. I'm going to sit here and, and do the phones. You know, she just came in. You know what I mean? And so that means something. But then you have somebody else who come in and they sit down and the phone ring. And mind you, already on the phone. You got clients at the window and they just sitting there. They're looking in there. I had one who looked at her, uh, her, her little mirror and she would just sit there and then she's like, okay, I'm going back across the street. You know, then we had one who'll come in, she'll walk around, she'll hand out like 80 pieces of paper to everybody. And it's just like, 
Nah, you know, but again, it makes a difference. It, it influences how you work. And if you're unhappy with, with who you're working under, then you got some decisions to make. Yeah, true. And I mean, it's not always just leaving a job. You can try to change positions. You can, you uh, maybe go to a different floor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, you don't... And what I've learned is those kind of managers that don't really, you know, sew into the people that, you know, they supervise, they really don't last long. No, she's you, you'll probably outlast Lainey Heist been there for oh about 25 years. But they, they got the other one out, though, so... Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, but choose, like I'm a firm believer, choose happiness. I know it's not easy. You know, I know you have to make sacrifices at times, but I just don't believe happiness should be one of the things that you sacrifice in life. I, I don't believe that. Even if it hurts somebody else, even if it, it sets you back a little bit, I, I just don't think sacrificing happiness, because that can lead to a, a host of other issues. That's true. Um, so... The next one um, is coworkers, peers. And this one is, um, you know, it's different because it's like these are the person, these are the people you're working side by side with. So whether you're doing the same thing as them or you guys are doing something different, the dynamics of the relationship can be different. But me personally, I'm, um, how do I say it? I could be sometimes <laughs> like I get the work done if we need to work on a team I can work on a team no problem I can work individually well no problem but I'm a very sometimes person and a lot of times I'm a I'm a outgoing person but I'm also an introvert so if I don't want to be bothered I'm not going to be bothered <laughs> so, and a lot of people take that personally but it's really not personal like I will go to work and I will not talk to anyone all day if I don't feel like it Cause I just don't feel like it some days. Like some days I don't have the energy to exude to people, but I don't work with like, I don't work with clients. Like I don't have to deal with anybody all day, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So if I don't want to talk to people, I don't talk to people. But some did, people take that personally. But did that get you in, uh, and I'm about to say, did, did anybody at your job recently take that and you know, have issues with that at all or at any point during your work career? Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, they, it happens. So, you know, there are situations that arise where people think that, you know, I'm slighting them or I have a problem. or Because you don't like invite that. them to lunch and drive. Yo, you're so petty. Am I? You are so petty. <laughs> you are extremely I was, petty. I'm, I'm petty. Like, I'm petty. People I work with listen to this, though. Well, props like, to them. Then you wilded. Nah, my bad. It's a very small team. <laughs> So what you think I'm going to have to hear when you say, well, you're just indecisive. You know what I mean? So See, that's, that's what we need to not do. Why does it have to be tip for tay? I wasn't trying to mess up your situation. Like, listen. <laughs> Yo, you're a jerk. But there was a situation, and it was like, you know, one of my coworkers, they had kind of got upset because they felt like, um, you know, me and one of my other coworkers was slighting them and, you know, they felt some type of way and it's really not a personal thing. Sometimes I just don't feel like stuff yeah. and it might be something, it may be everything and, and I'm just there sometimes and that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. It's not me 
not liking someone or not wanting them to be around or anything like that. Like sometimes I just, I'm very selective with my energy and that's just what it is. And I feel like you have the right to be. No, I, I I'm allowed. I think, you, think you, you definitely have a right to be one. But what happens is like you usually spend so much time with coworkers more so than you do with, with your friends and families. You're around people for eight hours in a day and it's, you know, it, it's kind of difficult. You know, because because you do start to learn each other, you start to know each other, whether whether that's for good or or bad. You know, you especially I worked in a setting where it was myself, a nurse, and a doctor for eight and a half nine hours. And if you got somebody who you didn't care to work for, work with rather, it made nine hours feel like twenty. And conversely, if you if you got somebody who who you like working with, who you like interacting with, it can make nine hours feel like like one. And so again, that it, it it's just about recognizing where you are. You know, it's important to have boundaries with coworkers, um, especially ones who you who you aren't comfortable with. And so you and it's not even the fact of being comfortable or uncomfortable. Like sometimes you just. You just need space. Like, you do. You spend a large amount of your day at work. You know, you interact with these people almost every day. You know, sometimes the weekend's just not enough. <laughs> sometimes the weekend's just not enough. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Sometimes you want to do lunch by yourself. Like, for me, all, like, and this is for, like, pretty much all relationships in my life. Like, I'm very loose with them. Like, if you need me, I'm here. You know, you can you can seek me out if you want, but most of the time I'll seek you out. And if it's a situation where I start to feel, you know, obligated, like the the friendship starts to feel like an obligation or a chore, like that makes me fall back sometimes. Yeah. Like I don't feel like relationships or friendships or anything like that should, you know, feel like a job or make anyone uncomfortable. And I don't try to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And the people that know me and love me, they understand how I am and they know they could pretty much tell when I'm in one of my moods. Yeah, and yeah, they just no, like, you know, they fall back and they wait for me to come and be all happy and jolly again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I I just think it's it's about knowing, trying to learn the people that you work with, be observant. Um, you want them to be observant of you. You want them to understand, you know, who you are and what it is that you your likes, dislikes. So I think that's that's crucial in working with people. I think in order to to make the most out of the experience, you got you got to have a relationship with the people that you work with. Um, and you just hope that it's positive. You hope that it's positive. Yeah, definitely. You should definitely try to, you know, even when someone does have some type of concern or whatever, like it's it's easy to have a conversation. Sometimes. You don't feel like it, but most of the time it's easy just to have the conversation and let people know how you feel and just take it from there. You know, sometimes people are receptive, sometimes they're not. You know, you just have to be understanding. Like, I hear what you're saying. This is my point of view, you know, and just move from there. Yeah. That's pretty much how that goes. Um, and then I also um, put in here... Um, the relationships for like a group you supervise. So like if you're the manager, you're in charge, and that one's interesting too because it it can be very hard. Like I was um <laughs> I was in a management position before, and um, <laughs> at children's place. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, it's out there. Whatever. I'm not gonna go into detail because I really. Uh, 
whatever. Anyway, um, and it gets hard because at the end of the day, like you want the people that are, um, you know, I don't like to say under you, but the people that you supervise or you're leading to, you want them to like you, but at the end of the day, you have to realize that they're not all going to like you. Like you are the man. So you are them, (laughs) you know? So there's, there's that issue. So you have to be able to have tough conversations. You have to be able to be okay with people not always liking you. You have to be okay with, um, you know, leading, but also listening to people's concerns and like what they need. Um, Because a a real leader doesn't just, you know, lead, but they also take direction and they can take, um, you know, they can listen to positive feedback and reinforcement and things like that to, to be a better leader. Yeah, no, definitely it's, you know, there's definitely qualities as a leader that you want to exude. You want to be able to one who, who can uh, effectively communicate um, and actively listen. You want to understand what's happening with the, the individuals that you're, that you're working with. And so, you, you know, you're here, all you are is like you're a conduit to the people, ultimately. You're there to, you're like that, that, that go-between between upper management if, if that's how the you know the bureaucracy that you're in works you know you're that go between between the people and you know upper management and so it is you have to be strategic with your interactions you have to be mindful of your interactions um and and again just approach it with with that that leader mentality because that's that's important, and that's how you gain respect. You don't you don't gain respect by befriending everybody. I mean, granted, exactly. as it granted, yeah. you it doesn't you, work. You know, it'd be cool if you can have positive relationships. But listen, you still want to keep again, as I talked about maintaining boundaries. You want to have that boundary there, because then if it comes time to reprimand somebody, exactly. it's just like, oh, you're supposed to be my friend, right. and now here you are trying to chastise me. Yeah, and I, it's definitely important um, to. Also, like I said before, so into the people that you're supervising or, you know, leading, definitely help them to see where they have areas of opportunity and how they can be better. And in turn, that makes you better, um, you know, because you guys grow as a team and you guys are accomplishing these goals together and driving results. So it's important to, you know, you want your team to grow as people and as employees and as team members. So I think that's a, another really, really important um, aspect of the communication and relationship when, you know, you have that dynamic. Um, so now I'm going to hop into listener letter. We have a listener letter. Yeah. And <laughs> if you want to send in one, you can email us at notebookinginfo16 at gmail.com. So I'm going to get into it. It kind of relates to the topics that we've been talking about today. So it says, hey guys, um, I really enjoyed your podcast, so keep up the great work. I'm having an issue with work and want to know how you guys would handle it. So I have a BA in public relations and I'm working um, on my master's at George Washington University. Despite my education, I feel extremely underappreciated at work. I know for sure that I should be making more money because I have a degree. However, I'm making just as much as people that only have a high school diploma. I've been with the company for three years, and I'm afraid that if I bring my issue to HR or my manager, then my time here will be hell or limited. Prejudice here is real. 
Um, I've seen educated black people inquiry, inquire about um, pay very calmly and rationally without attitude. And I've also watched them suffer by the hands of the company for it. I've also witnessed young white people that are fresh out of college ask about more money um, because of their degree and HR easily compensates their pay with no problem. I don't trust HR here and I don't trust my manager. I went around and asked some of the veterans that work here, what should I do? All of them say stick it out until next year because then I'll be in a higher position. But it's not right. I shouldn't have to make less money than I deserve because I'm black. I want to be angry on the outside, but I don't want to fall into the stereotype of, of the angry black woman. I want my money, though. What should I do? Mm, interesting. Interesting. I, listen, it's, it's either... What, what's that old phrase? Either either go to the bathroom or get off the, the, the oh, toilet. Get off the pot? Yeah, get off the pot. I mean, ultimately, you have to make the decision. Are you... Are you going to go ask for for a raise? Are you going to go ask for more for more money, which you feel you deserve, or aren't you? And if you're not, okay, can you deal first? Can you deal with the rejection if that doesn't happen? What are your steps after that? If they do say no, where do you go from there? Do you continue to work in an environment which appears to be um, hostile for you? Um, is that the place that you need to be in? Again, here we here we are talking about. Is what are you sacrificing by working here? Uh, you have to look at that, and ultimately, from what I from again, it's just a letter. I don't know, but it seems like you're unhappy there. It seems like, like if another opportunity presented itself tomorrow, you would jump at it. And so, just looking at it in that way, yeah, I would listen ask for more money if they say no, which it seems like they probably will, then you need to start making alternative moves. You need to recognize what your true worth is. And that's not that's not monetarily. That's also, you know, just as far as like the treatment, what type of environment are you working in? You don't have to, uh, you don't have, and this goes to any relationship, whether it's work or, you know, an interpersonal relationship, you don't have to tough anything out. You don't have anything to prove to anybody. It's, listen, you're there for one reason. You're there to do a job. And if you feel you deserve more money, if you see your your peers getting promotions and getting more money and not, it's not happening for you, then you go in and ask. You you know, again, you want to be, you know, going, you want to be, have some tact when you go and you don't want to say, listen, you know what I mean? I've been working here. I keep saying X, Y, Z, Y. Uh, <laughs> you, I've been working here for Luke, one, two, Luke three. James has a song called Love X, Y, Z. <laughs> don't do this <laughs> but no but you you know you have to you got to take up for yourself at, the, at some point you have to stand up for yourself and you have to say you have to go get what you deserve like you said when we talk about you know being an entrepreneur if you sit back and think it's going to come to you then you might be sadly mistaken and if you're not going to sit back then don't I don't want to say don't complain about it but you have you have to take those steps. You have to take those steps to to go and get what it is that you desire, whether that's asking for a raise or whether that's seeking out a new job. And so I understand we have once you become an adult, you have bills, you're in you're, you're in school, you have you have um, things that you, responsibilities. But it's again, real out here. It's real in the field. How long do you plan? What's your what's your exit strategy for this place? You know, what's your long-term plans look like? What do your goals look like? That's what you have to you have to look at. 
um, even when making this decision. Because even because if you go and say, listen, I need more money, and they say, well, no, well, you out. You know, I don't know what type of place, if you're in a union or whatnot, but like, all right, yeah, we don't need you anymore. Then you got to be prepared for for all the the responses that you can get. And you need to take those initial steps to to sit down and, and write out what what your goals look like, what your plan is. Yeah, I definitely um think that if they aren't, you know, willing to work with you, um, maybe finding another job would be um, a better a, a good decision or a good move. I'm not sure, you know, what the situation, the specifics of it is. Um, because when you do start a new job, you have more leverage to ask for more money from than the place, you know, you just left previously. Um, but I was on, um, U.S. News, the money report, and there were a few, um, tips and tricks that they had, um, online that, um, could help you out when you try to go and ask for, um, more money or promotions and things like that. Um, so one thing they said is, before you set up a meeting with your manager or HR or whoever, you know, makes that decision, um, gather the info, um, get together a little notebook or get together a little folder of, you know, the things that you've done, your productivity, how it's improved, um, any initiatives that you've um, started at the company, um, basically anything that you've done to show your worth. Like to show, like, I've been here three years. This is how I've grown. This is what I contribute. This is what I add to the team. Like, I am an asset just to show that, you know, I'm not just asking for this money to ask for this money. I'm worth this money. And this is exactly why. Um, the next thing, before you even set up the set up the meeting, talk to your manager and see, you know, what are the challenges on the team? Where, where are you guys going? Where... Um, what are the things that are going to be taking place within the next year? And what are the needs that need to be met to accomplish those goals? And try to figure out where you kind of fit into that and what you can add to that situation. So when you're having this conversation, you can say, well, yeah, you talked to me and you said that we're going to have a need for this, that, and the third. And I bring those things to the table. Like I have the ability and I'm willing to give my expertise or whatever, you know, whatever you do that can aid in the, the challenges or whatever to make things better on the team. Um, next, when you meet, um, be calm. Be very level. Have a level tone. Don't get emotional. Um, like I said, be calm and realize that you are persuading someone. At the end of the day, you're persuading them that you're worth what you're asking for. And don't think of it as an as a negotiation, but more of a conversation where you're trying to, you know, get to see, get to show someone what you do on a day to day basis and why you should be rightfully compensated. Because you did, if you don't think you make enough, you probably don't make enough. That's how I feel. Listen, it's time for you to leave that job. I'm going to say what what, <laughs> what you want to say to yourself. It's time for you to leave that job. So you need to go in there like like you did on Half-Baked. Forget you. Forget you. Forget you. You're cool. <laughs> forget you. I'm out. No, but seriously, it, it looks like, and, and just to, how the letter read, that there's 
some discriminatory practices that may be happening there. Yeah, I think you should yeah. definitely keep documents of that as well because yeah. if it's outwardly because of your race that you're not being compensated correctly and you see the people around you are, um, you may have an EEOC claim. You may have a you may have a lawsuit, honestly. Like racial discrimination is against the wall. You may yeah. have a civil suit. So yeah, I would definitely it, keep track of that. I mean that's what it is. I used to work for an employment um attorney, so it's all every day. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I think you need to again, you need to reevaluate. I, I wouldn't even say prior to because you definitely gave out some some good tangible information as to as to what to do prior to asking for it. But even prior to to that, I would say sit down. Know, write out what your goals for your upcoming goals look like, right. what you would like to accomplish, um, see where this job fits in. Because if you, if you make the decision to, it's like, okay, after you, if you do that, like, listen, I need to get out this job. After you sit down and write it, write the pros and cons of this job, uh, cause benefit analysis and, and see if it's, if it's even worth you staying there. And that's not to say don't go and still ask for the raise, but Definitely I, but I, yeah, definitely <laughs> ask for the raise. But I think by having a having your 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 future mapped out as you would like to see it, that will make a the response how you respond to whatever they say that could change that. So if you if you come out and they say no and you come out well, okay, you know I already said my my six month goal was to get a different job, then I'm I'm definitely about to do that now. Yeah, honestly, um, or expedite that. I'm whether I'm happy with my job or not. I'm always applying to jobs, like constantly, and I go on. <laughs> my mom calls me like a career interviewer because I'm always on an interview. <laughs> but the thing is, I haven't left my job because the things that they offer is just is not worth it to me. Like if I'm going to leave the job I'm at, you have to compensate me better or there has to be more flexibility or there has to be something more attractive than where I already am because I don't hate my job by any means. Like there have been times where I've liked it more. There's been times where I've liked it less, but at the end of the day, um, it suits me right now and I'm still able to do, I have the flexibility to do other things that serve me. I'm able to do a podcast. I'm able to help, help with cheerleading squad. So like I still do things outside of work that make me happy. So even if work life isn't great, I'm still doing things that make me happy. I'm writing. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm still, I have a life outside of work and you have to make sure that you always have a life outside of work that, you know, that you're happy with. Yeah, no, that's definitely critical. You don't want to, again, as I was saying earlier, you don't want to be known for just your job. You're much more than what it is that you do. You know, so for me, I'm a therapist. I'm a motivational speaker. You know, I lift, I'm a lifter at the gym when I'm when I'm healthy. I thought you were say I'm, you're a lift driver. <laughs> no, but lifter, listen, lifter's better than Uber. That's for sure. Lies. No, it, listen, they pay people Lies more. and Manelli. <laughs> None of my ride lifts. I ride lifts. Uber, Uber's clientele is way better. Like I have way more fun. Listen, I, I have fun. My Lyft driver in Vegas, cause they got it's more Lyft than Uber in Vegas, and okay. I was out there and I called them. Picked me. I had just went. Yes, I had, <laughs> I had got my daughter a toy that she wanted me to get. You know, while I was out there, and I'm like, all right, Lyft boy came. Are we talking? I'm like, yeah. You know, he's just telling me his wife left him. Uh, <laughs> 
like, with the four kids, you know, she left him for another, for a woman. Oh, she wild. And, yeah, and, you know, he left her, so he moved to Vegas, and, you know, he's like, it's wild out here. He's like, you know, you never know what's going, who gets in your car, so I got this, and he pulled out the gun, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, you know, yeah. He was intimidated by you? He wanted you know, to let no, you know no, that he No, he, he was cool, but all the thing I could say was like, yeah, man, that's wild. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, <laughs> man, yeah. Because that's what somebody, well, you be talking to somebody who a little... You unsure of, you just got to agree with him. You know, I mean, that's your best bet. Yeah, yo, that's bad words. Yeah, man, I don't know. That's wow. You right. You right. Just yeah. say that. That's you know? crazy. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> but no, but it, I think it's critical to have, definitely have a life outside of your job, no matter what it is. You know, have a have a hobby. Have one hobby. Have two hobbies. Have things that you like to do, just because it's the easiest way to get sick. I know I'm working at DHS. It was so many people that I knew who had social anxiety, who had, um, you know, who were depressed, who just had, they were experiencing so many different, they was having heart attacks and Man, strokes. it's a job. It's never that deep. Don't it's, ever it's let not, yourself don't. get to a point where your job has you feeling like you, like you can't deal. Because at the end of the day, it's a job. You can get another one. And they're replaceable. Jobs are replaceable. I understand we got bills. I understand we have responsibilities. But at the end of the day, don't be anywhere, first of all, that you feel like you're not wanted. And number two, don't be anywhere where you don't want to be. Because you don't have to be there. Life is full of choices. Options and choices. I'm a firm believer. Hey, listen, I couldn't have said it any better. I couldn't have said it any better. So that's that's it for us. Yeah. That's it for us. That's it's a, another episode. We, we still guys liked it. When you still ain't figure out what the hashtag is, hashtag get money. No, hashtag get. Quick, 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 quick. Pause. I can't say it. I can't say it in that voice. Why can't you say it? You can't say it in that voice. You can make it quick, 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 quick. Like, share, comment. Exactly. The and goal. we about to be on iTunes. I, yeah, iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitch. That's that's the goal for this week. Gotta set goals. Again, like I said, goal setting is important. So I am on Instagram at Phil underscore Roundtree. Feel free to hit me up, like a pic. Yeah. Or, or 17. And I am at it's pre P R I underscore destined. And the page for no booking info is at no underscore booking underscore info. Check us out. And on SoundCloud, what you're probably listening to right now is hashtag no booking info. Word. We're out in these streets, people. Thanks for listening. See y'all next week. We'll hear y'all. Hear us. (laughs) Bye. Peace.